0: are are you ready to do this josh helmer are you ready to roll are you kidding me
1: days like today this is easy right it's exciting this is what we've waited for this is what this is what you've called all season for
0: that's right that's right this is a great day i am uh, i wanted to i wanted first and foremost to say good morning to everybody and a save-your-phone call to anybody at the – I don't even know who you call, right? At OU, at the NCAA, whomever it might be, we're playing. Now, I I don't know what the forecast looks like because my my confidence waned just a bit with the uh, dark clouds that have suddenly rolled in here to, um, I guess, what would – so you know – The joke on this show is everything in Norman is where it's in the heart of Norman. I don't, would you consider this to be North Oklahoma City where USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium is? I mean, you are kind of heading up I-35 North a little bit, and it's kind of right on the, I guess what you could say, outer fringe of what's considered downtown oklahoma city as someone who is directionally challenged to josh this is definitely where i would need you to give me coordinates as to the best way to identify i definitely know we're not in south oklahoma city that's the one thing i feel pretty confident about saying right now (laughs) yeah outside of that i mean on the north edge of the downtown city limits how's that
1: Yes, and I think you're safe to say you are not in the heart of Oklahoma City.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it, man. Um, weather is <clears throat> going to be a little bit dicey this morning. From everything that I've been told and everything that has been uh, relayed to me, beyond that, we're good. If, if we can get through this morning, we're going to be good to go and that fires me up. I, I don't know beyond today. <laughs> I know Sunday looks a wee bit dicey, but if we can get to early next week, if we can get to, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and, you know, Monday being an off day now for the – excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm already screwing it up. Tuesday being an off day here. If we can get to uh, – Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and of course for Oklahoma, that's your ultimate goal. You want to be playing those days. Uh I I feel like we're in a good spot weather wise. You feeling good? I, I feel like we're in a good spot weather wise. But Josh, with that said with that said, weather's not gonna be the story here we hope. The big story today is gonna be what? Four games. You know, you're talking about eight incredible teams. That have somewhat somehow, some way persevered through adversity. Every I mean, I, I know it sounds wild for some people. Oklahoma comes in here with two losses, but they faced a lot of adversity this year, right? They got um, they had the situation that arose with Jordy and with Kinsey Hansen. You had everything that kinda played out, you know, with bouncing back from even though there's two losses, those two losses. You had some games where you didn't play all that well. Um, it's it's the end of the road, right? This is this is the path that everyone – or the end that everyone wanted when they started their path, and it's just – I can't even begin to put into words the excitement that you feel as you prepare for first pitch coming up here in a couple of hours between UCLA and Texas.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, it probably doesn't matter all that much for Oklahoma, but do you like or have a feeling on – knowing what the winners and losers brackets look like before first pitch?
0: Like, in other words, knowing who you would see in the second round? Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I do. But I also, there's a part of me that knows every team tonight when, I don't even know what's the first game. Is Florida, Oregon State the first game before Oklahoma State and Arizona? I think it is. OSU, Arizona is the late game. I think your biggest focus has to be in not getting caught up. For So, let, let's just give you an example. I, I know for a fact, Josh Helmer, that Oklahoma really wants another shot at Haley Dulcini. really wants another shot at her. And the issue there is that you can't get caught up in looking forward to that second shot because you've got to take care of Danielle Williams and a really good Northwestern team. Now, Danielle Williams pitched as a freshman here in uh norman in 2019 but she was a completely different pitch i sat and talked with danielle williams for about 10 minutes yesterday and we talked about it and the challenges of hey you've seen a lot of these same people uh in this oklahoma lineup and you know some that you haven't right but she said i'm a completely different pitcher now she goes. That was, you know, there was still a lot for me to learn, and she's always been a bulldog, man. She's always thrown a lot of pitches, so I, I like it, Josh. I like being able to say on the broadcast the winner gets Texas on Saturday or or UCLA on Saturday, but I, I don't know. I think that's a really good question. You know, H- how do you feel about it?
1: Oh, I think it's, I think it's good. Then as soon as you polish up your work versus. Northwestern this afternoon, knock right. on wood, everything goes according to plan. Then you can immediately hit the ground running with yep. what your preparation looks like. So from that standpoint, I think it's it's beneficial. You don't have to sit and wait around and wonder. You you know what the next stage of your journey looks like. So I think it's good. You, you obviously are going to have to fight. Anytime you get in a tournament like this, the look-ahead factor and not getting caught up in what anybody else is doing. But, again, if you know who you're going to see next, I think ultimately that's good for you. On the Dulcini thing, UCLA is the favorite. So, sure. you know, you might as well bank on probably that's who you're going to meet and not Texas.
0: Here's the thing. UCLA is the favorite, but they're not hitting the ball this year. It's, and I know I'll say that, and they'll probably put like 12 runs up today, but they're just not. And I think that's kind of one of the fascinating things in this matchup. All right, Josh, I, I want to hit an early break because we're going to double-check our lines here and everything. But th- this, the show, the show's over, essentially, is one way to look at it. We're going to spend the first hour hitting your text messages and your calls at 405 That Air Comfort Solutions text line is 405 651 3439. You can always get us on Twitter at Josh on ref. I'm at plank show and everybody should be following us at KREF sports. And of course in Tulsa at buzz Tulsa in Oklahoma city at nine, four, seven, the ref. But I, I did just want to, in wrapping up this first segment, just take a moment to say there's bigger things than sports on our mind in green country today. I mean, this show is going to be two hours and 45 minutes after our first break. Uh, the world series, Oklahoma, the regional, uh, NBA finals talk game. One finally gets underway tonight. We've got, as I mentioned, DJ Gasso is going to join us a little bit later on in the show. Joey Helmer is coming up at 11 AM, but I mean, our, our hearts are very heavy with the tragedy yesterday in Tulsa and in, in St. Francis. I think as someone who lived in that city, um, most of my adult life, right? Both my kids were, all three of my kids were born there. Um, both of my marriages happened there. It, it's it's an incredible town, and I, I love it. I'm so happy that I'm back on in Tulsa, but my heart breaks for what happened yesterday. I found myself just glued to uh, News on 6 last night whenever I got home watching them on the app. I was following uh, Sooner Grad Reagan, Ledbetter, and in, in all of his coverage. Just a, a heartbreaking, senseless moment. Um, I, I know at some point we'll start to get some answers, but I, I don't really truly know if we'll ever have answers whenever a tragedy like this hits so our hearts are heavy today thinking about our friends of the 918 I'm not going to lie to you I mean immediately I think everyone reaches out to family and friends I'm on the phone you know my son is uh works in that area um my, I have family that obviously lives in Tulsa and and works inside St. Francis and you know those reports come out and you just don't know where it's taking place or where it's relegated to so just prayers today and hopefully at some point we can find a solution to uh, end this craziness. It's just – it's its beyond explainable. So early break, we'll be back. We're at the Women's College World Series. We'll uh, cleanse the palate and dive into all things Oklahoma Northwestern right here on The Plank Show. Welcome back into The Plank Show. We're on the road at the Women's College World Series. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. I'm Ron Burgundy. How was your night last night, Josh? It was good, man. It was good. How was
1: yours? Could you uh, get any sleep, or were you too fired up? I'm pretty
0: fired up. I won't lie. I um, So we had, as soon as the show was over, I came to Oklahoma City. We had interviews to do. So uh, I had a chance to sit down with Northwestern's, well, Danielle Williams, talked to her, talked to Northwestern's coach. Uh, we sat down with Tim Walton and a couple Florida players, and then uh, I had a, an OU event that I had committed to uh, to do a little MCing last night. So it was my, get this, for someone who has lived in Oklahoma since 1993, and granted the uh, the Devon Energy Tower hasn't been around that long, but I went inside the Devon Tower for the first time ever, Josh. First time ever. Have you been up in the Devon Tower before? No, I have not. Okay. And how was it? Amazing. Amazing. Uh, there was a prom going on around it. So it was kind of fun to see all of the, uh, see all the limos and all the kids that were pulling up. But yeah, it was, we were there for a sole mission, Sooner Sports Properties kind of uh, crossover event. It was the first time that I've been around Curtis Lofton outside of uh, like the huddle. It's the first time I've listened to Curtis and uh, Josh Norman and Caleb Kelly share the vision for the for the soul mission. I mean, obviously, and, and I was talking to I was talking to a couple people about it. I think like, you and I and just about just about everyone involved with covering OU Athletics, right? And I'll, I'm, I'm lumping everyone in here, right? All the, the beat writers, all the, the podcasters, all the website gurus. I think we all, right? we know what Soul Mission is about. We know that it's about uh, the uncommon man. We know it's about preparing you for beyond graduation, beyond football. And we've heard the, the Brent Venables passionate signing day – kind of explanation of what it was all about but I still think for a lot of not necessarily diehard fans I think diehard fans get it but you know maybe some sponsors maybe some you know football fans that don't get a chance to watch 24/7 365 I think there's still a lot to understand what it's all about it's like you hear soul mission is like well, why are they going to Florida why are they doing this and to hear To hear that last night, dude, it was incredible. And I had not heard Josh Norman speak, period, before he and I interviewed, but I'd never seen him speak. And he, oh, he is awesome. I told him whenever he was I'm like, dude, you're coming to the booth. You're coming to the booth. We're going to call some softball. You get up here, and while we're doing it, you just preach. I think they were calling him Reverend Josh. Curtis Lofton was really good because uh, he's – one of my favorite football players of all time. And part of that is because he was a Raider. <laughs> he, he was a Raider, and he was telling a story about whenever he was in the NFL. He said, you know, there were times – because he's had so many surgeries. Um, I, I want to say he said he's had, Josh, like 30 surgeries um, after his career. And I guess I didn't realize it with Curtis Lofton, did you, that really in Oklahoma he was only a starter one year. Did you know that? Doesn't seem right.
1: Yeah, he was just so good. Yeah. That year that he started.
0: It's like, wait, hold on. I'm sorry, but you are incorrect. You were a starter more than one year, Curtis Lofton. Can't possibly be. But he was telling a story about, you know, late in his career, how, you know, you pull up and there were days where it's just like it's hard to get out of the car. Um, and I was like, oh, those had to be those days when he was playing for the Raiders. <laughs> Whenever they were seven and nine. I get you, bro. I get you. Um. But to hear Curtis Lofton tell stories about being in an NFL locker room and simple things like dudes not knowing how to tie ties, not understanding the um, the impact of taxes, not understanding budgeting, and these all seem like simple things, right? But I mean, it's not it's not taught like it should be in our elementary and grade schools. So, I, I, I really... I learned a lot about the Soul Mission last night. And it got me on fire for it. It's like, now I'm I'm, I'm going to Caleb Kelly. He's like, what can I do? What can I do to help? And, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I think most people, Josh, when they hear about these things, understand that it's part of a culture that Brent Venables wants to create. It's part of a a foundation that he's going to have for this program. And I think for most people it's like, "Oh yeah, this is great. Let's go win games." But I'm here to tell you right now what these guys are doing is fascinating and phenomenal. So chalk me up as somebody who got to learn a lot last night about the Soul Mission and what it's all about and I and I encourage you to to reach out. I mean, I'm not even kidding. These these men these these four men and there's a, a woman that's involved helping them out. They're going to they're going to be all over the state and the country and not just spreading, you know, what OU football is all about, but helping and giving back and then in that, you know, helping some of these because we all just think everyone that plays college football goes to the pro, but it's a very small percentage that does. And I don't I'm I'm not here to lecture you or anything today, but I don't know, Josh, it was just i was I was on fire for what these guys are doing, and I still am even on the cusp of the Women's College World Series, even with Oklahoma now t- 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 about four and a half hours away from first pitch they they really do an incredible job of getting you excited for their vision and I think I think it's a big deal whenever you're talking about the future of Oklahoma Sooner Athletics
1: well, and ultimately, if you're in the just win baby camp, sure talk to me about how Oklahoma can take the next step or what they need to do to close the gap on Georgia, Alabama, insert insert team here. Well, I would say that this is a step in that direction. This is something for Oklahoma that you can't forget about enriching college athletes' lives in ways that aren't totally tied to the gridiron, in ways that go beyond the gridiron, and when you're – trying to sell a kid, and more importantly, trying to sell a family on Norman, Oklahoma, something like Soul Mission, yeah, it counts. And absolutely, it factors into the winning portion. Again, it's separate from that to a large degree, but it's all interconnected here.
0: It's big time. It's big time. So... I got a chance to get learned up tonight. It was our last night. It was really fun. And uh, kudos to, to Curtis and Caleb and Mr. Norman. Curtis, uh, kudos to Aaron Miller and Kelly Collier and the entire SSP crew. That's Sooner Sports Properties who put it on. I took like a 1,000 pictures from like looking out. I took like a thousand pictures, Josh, looking out the window at the Devon Energy Tower. And every single one of them is like, oh, it's raining out. It doesn't really look all that great, but it was fun. It was fun. Um, I got a lot of audio to share as we shift from Soul Mission and our days last night. We welcome you to the Plank Show on a Thursday. We are live from USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium. We are about an hour and 30 minutes away from Texas and UCLA in getting the Women's College World Series started. We'll be on the air on the Sooner Radio Network with a 115 pregame show and a 131st pitch. We haven't touched on two big things yet. Uh, I'll, I'll get to Grace Lyons and the Gold Glove omission here in just a bit. And I don't I don't understand. I, I'm not here to throw anyone under the bus, okay? That's not my point. But one of the first tweets I got whenever I threw this out was – let's see here, Um, was Michael Palmer. And Michael, I know you're an OU fan, but he tweeted, G3 was 957, 138, and 6. I'm a big boomer sooner, but stats speak for themselves. Um, Bro, what the hell are you talking about? You're going with a fielding percentage stat, and you're trying to circle six errors? in a, a 50-odd game season and say, well, yeah, she doesn't deserve it. Sit th- sit this one out, bro, because it's in, in the history of softball. In the history of softball, it's one of the greatest, and I mean absolutely most ridiculous omissions that I've ever seen. There is, you ask anyone in college softball who has been the best shortstop in the game, and it's Grace Lyons. So – Chill. What the hell? Then when do you get fired up? When are you supposed to stand up for someone? How do you have one of the best defensive teams? How about this? Look at look at the winners of the of the Gold Gloves last night. Just quickly scroll through it. The two best defensive teams in college softball both get shut out. How does Florida? nor Oklahoma have a single player on this. Well, I'm sorry. Florida did have Hannah Adams, and Hannah Adams deserved. It. She's a stud. But, I mean, if we're going on just fielding percentage alone and numbers alone, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, chill. 957 fielding percentage to 975. She had two more chances than the winner of the shortstop, Jenny Laird, and two more errors. I mean... Oh, okay, Michael, there you go. Hey, go put on your black and gold shirt and celebrate a gold glove for a Missouri shortstop who didn't see nearly nearly the kind of shots at her that Grace Lyons did. But no, you know what? I'm not even going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. Michael here, Michael has it all figured out. You, you just let everyone know, Michael. But the other thing that I did find pretty fascinating about it, Josh, was yesterday Patty Gasso saying that we will indeed see Jordy Ball. Now, I've said it many times, to me, if she's available, I think she starts. But that's not the way that Coach Gasso made it seem yesterday, did it?
1: No, and maybe that's a little bit plain, you know, coy. We'll see. But uh, th- this is why, you know, going into postseason play, you and I discussed, and sort of I tossed it in your direction is it important for Geordie Ball to pitch at some point in regional play, at some point in super regional play, before you get to the Women's College World Series? Would that, could that alter Oklahoma's thinking in any way, shape, or form, whether they want to start her or put her in a relief situation? And I, I thought your response was p- pretty good, which is, Well, if you're bringing Geordie Ball out in relief, chances are that's a high-stress situation. So, in a lot of ways, starting might be the easiest method of them all to to get her back out there. So, we'll see. We'll see what it means for Oklahoma, how they go about using her. Obviously, she's electric when uh, completely healthy. She's arguably the best pitcher in America when she's completely healthy, and she might be the best player on Oklahoma's roster. And that's saying something because you had the USA Collegiate Softball Player of the Year in Jocelyn Allo. But uh, bottom line is it's great news for Oklahoma. We kind of thought this was going to be the case with Jordy Ball, that the timeline of her injury would set itself up for her return for Oklahoma City, and we'll see in what capacity that means. I will.
0: I will say this. Um, it's interesting to me, it's interesting to me to think about where she is, right? Okay. Obviously we're in a situation that she's, she's coming back from a cracked forearm. Well, what had been mentioned as a cracked forearm before, right? I don't know if that's the professional medical diagnosis, (laughs) of what she's dealing with, but it's, it's along that line. That's what Coach Gasso had said on the, uh, the Oklahoma breakdown with Gabe and Teddy. But to me, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get how you could possibly bounce back that quickly based on what you know. we kind of learned about this type of injury. I also don't get, Josh, how you could possibly be as effective as she wants to be. This is, a re- this is a really good point in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. LG Sooner 63 writes, With the news of ball pitching this weekend, I would think UCLA really wants another crack at ball like OU wants another crack at Dolcini. Oh, I'm sure they do. I mean, I'm here to tell you right now, every single team in this tournament wants a crack at Oklahoma. Right? They want to show that they can beat the best. But I've just always been of that belief, if she can go, she goes. And it's not a, you know, we got to find the right spot for her. There's there's no better stop, spot to me than starting a game. And then you know, right? You know what you have, even if it's two innings. You know, Nicole May's been really good out of the pen. Hope Troutwine's been really good whenever she's been called upon in relief for the most part. So, yeah, I, I mean, everybody's going to want another crack, especially a UCLA team that played early in the season against Oklahoma, and incredible success was had by Jordy Ball. But I don't know. I mean, these coaches know a heck of a lot more than I do, and I know that that's not necessarily how some people like to create their their radio persona. But I don't know, dude. I just – I'm in this position to where when Patty said that, when Coach Gasso said that yesterday, my first response was Jordy Ball is starting tomorrow. And I've been wrong on a lot of stuff in my life. I've been wrong about thinking that J.J. Watt was going to be a bust, that Khalil Mack would never get traded from the Raiders. I was wrong about thinking that Aaron Brooks could be a franchise quarterback. And I was wrong about how great of a wide receiver I thought Willie Young would be at Oklahoma State injuries. Oh, and by the way, who is the – who is the – wide receiver out of North Carolina for Oklahoma that I always had. Oh dude, watch out for him. Kinda of had Sterling Shepherd sights. So I've been wrong a lot. And I'll I'll happily take an L on this. But to me, if she can go at all, she's starting. That's just kind of been the mantra this season. I mean I I'm not gonna lie to you, Josh. I was thinking about this the other day. When Oklahoma played Oklahoma State in the final regular season matchup. There were Nicole May started, Hope Troutwine came and struggled a bit, and then they re-entered Nicole May. Now, in my mind at the time, I thought, okay, that seems good for Nicole May. And I think it's been good for her. You've seen a, a confident, incredible pitcher since. But there was also a little bit of, that goes against what we've seen a majority of this season. I um, that goes against what would typify when Oklahoma gets in trouble. And that was the first sign of trouble for me. Because there is that much respect, um, admiration, and just fire for what Jordy Ball can bring. Again, we'll hear from Patty Gassel when we come back. She talked about finding the right space for her. But to me, that right space is starting this game today. We'll see. Oh, by the way, from the 405, uh, students in Oklahoma are required to take pers- personal financial literacy. Liter- am I really in radio? Personal financial literacy, a semester course that's all about how to handle money. So it is being taught. That's great. It's great to hear. It wasn't taught to me. That was what I was using as experience. My, my experience was the first time I got a checkbook with a ledger. I was like, what the hell is this? This looks awesome. That is right, a number on here, and that's the amount of money I can spend. Let's go. You said TurboTax? (laughs) Right. Never heard of it. (laughs) Quick break. It's Plank Show. Uh, When we come back, we'll hit some of the audio. DJ Gasso coming up at 10 a.m. with us. uh, Joey Helmer at 11. All right. um, So we can go ahead and give you the – coach's explanation, see if you guys agree with my take or not Coach Gasso painted this picture yesterday when talking about the availability of Jordy Ball and what it looks like for this weekend
2: I will just kind of keep it pretty self explanatory you're going to see her pitch this week how much we're still working, it's kind of like going into a laboratory and knowing like exactly what you can and can't do the timing of it how many pitches, um, we're still kind of putting all of that together, but, um, we have done followed doctor's orders. We have done everything, um, we're supposed to do, including talking with Jordy, talking with doctors, communicating with her parents to make sure this is the right thing to do. And, um, she is not in enough severe pain that if she was, this wouldn't even be an option. But we have done everything right, and that has allowed her to have this opportunity.
0: What do you take from that, Josh? I take from that that I'm 100% wrong and there's no way she starts. But then again, Coach Gasso is a pretty good poker player. I don't necessarily know if she's always going to show her hand, right?
1: Exactly, yeah, we're going to find out right from listening to that. It would lead me to believe that no, she will not be starting this afternoon. But again, I'm sort of like you too, to where I've kind of always envisioned her return back as, yeah, she's going to be back in the circle starting.
0: Hmm. There's a lot more to, to go from there. We promised a full preview coming up at 10 AM, but it was, you know, again, I, I probably overanalyze that. I probably listened to it a few too many times. And, you you know, you try to find every little nuance that's in there, every little thing that kind of sticks out or maybe catches your ear. But, um, I don't know, it's – at the very least, the messaging has remained the same, right? Patty might uh, – Coach Casto might not be telling you, Hey, here's what's going on. Here's the injury, as kind of bluntly as as she did uh, to a certain degree during the, the Oklahoma Breakdown podcast. Um, but, I mean, the the messaging has been pretty clear. Hey, you know, our goal is to continue to do the things that the doctors do. And I'll tell you what, here's the facet. I'll, I'll share something that I know with you guys. Um, and I feel like I don't hide anything. It's just there's certain things that – I'm not going to sit here and act like I can know it all. Not nah, going to tell you, um, but I, I'm going to share with you what I can. And I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to share certain things. It's just it's a reality of what I do. And I think Jordy's ready to go. And I think if it was up to her, uh, she would have pitched last weekend. <laughs> I think the problem is you have to lower back a little bit if that makes any sense, right? I think if it was if it was up to Jordy Ball, uh, she would have tried to have been out there at some point during the Super Regional. Now, granted, you know, to the to the credit of Oklahoma and its bats, and, and the job that Nicole May and Hope Troutwine did, you know, there wasn't an emergency situation that necessitated like racing to the pin, and there wasn't in the regionals either. So it would have been interesting if that type of situation arrived. Uh, did I arrive? A rose? Rose? If that kind of situation presented itself, what might have happened. But I'll tell you right now, dude, she's she's wanting to go. And when when Coach talks about talking to family, I think that's also a thing to where everyone, hey, whoa up, slow down just a little bit. She is a competitor. And it's it's really fun to see. I, I didn't catch this in our interview with Coach Gasso from uh, – when do we play that on the air, Josh? Monday was that? Or no, two. We we're off Monday, so Tuesday, where she talked about all the players wearing the eye black. Because I saw Grace Green whenever she came into pinch hit. I noticed that she was wearing it. But yeah, it's um, she's she's part of the heart and soul of this team. And whenever you don't have her, it's tough. It's a challenge. And we'll see if she's able to go, or will she? We'll see when she's able to go. It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. That was a cool story for yesterday. Now, as far as the Grace Lines thing, uh, I've been informed on Twitter.com that apparently because her fielding percentage was slightly lower than the Missouri shortstop, whom I'm willing to bet none of you even watched this year, and that the uh, Missouri shortstop had two fewer errors and I'm too chill out. So I'm going to go ahead and chill out on it, Josh, because Mike said I need to, to, to calm down. Because we're not supposed to stand up for anything that is wrong. And that's wrong. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. If you just look at defensive stats, it's not telling the story. That's that's I mean, gold gloves aren't given out based on fielding percentage. Right? There is true in depth and I felt like they went down and gave this out on a fielding percentage number for a lot of people. And I don't think that tells the full story.
1: Fielding percentage and errors
0: errors right right in number of e's, yeah so yeah i've been told to chill out guys so i'm gonna i'm just gonna calm down
1: (laughs) i don't think you're going to chill out and i
0: hope you don't (laughs) i hope you don't uh this was the first year which is really cool thank you rawlings it's 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 neat to see college softball getting this kind of treatment that it deserves right and to have celebrations like gold gloves is a really big deal. And listen, this, you know, to be clear, this isn't about beating down the person that won it. It's building up the award. It's just very frustrating when you know you're seeing greatness night in and night out and you're seeing a gold glove shortstop. And to not not be the inaugural winner of the gold glove award at what some say is the most clamorous position. I mean, to me, it's catcher. But the most glamorous position on the field, it just sucks. It just sucks. So, with that, we'll take a timeout. I'll chill out just for you. Um, even though, how in the world did G3 not win a gold glove? Um, apparently, you need to talk to Michael on Twitter. He's got this all figured out. Um, seriously, how does Grace Lyons not win a gold glove? Give us the scoop plank. Uh, for the 580, I'm sorry, I've been... I've been told to chill out, so um, sorry. God, what a gorgeous morning this has turned out to be. If you're heading out to the Women's College World Series, uh, you're in for a treat, at least in the early session. The weather is incredible. Uh, It's overcast, it's a little wet, um, but there's no rain. And as far as the forecast here in Northeast Oklahoma City, looks like we're good to go uh, for, at the very least, the morning session and hopefully the rest of the afternoon. The Plank Show is on location at USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium in anticipation of Oklahoma and Northwestern coming up at 1.30. I'll be on the air with a 1.15 pregame show on the Sooner Radio Network. You know, forget that. Forget that. I'm trying to live by what I was told on Twitter to chill out because I'm not going to get angry about this because of fielding percentages and errors. So... I'm not here to fight today. It's the Women's College World Series. But Michael joins us on the Plank Show right now. And so, I mean, you told me to calm down, Michael, so I calmed down about G3 not getting uh, the gold glove. I'm living by your rules for me.
3: (laughs) Well, first of all, I want to say this. Love your show. Love your enthusiasm your passion. Love to listen to to OU softball, listen to mini mini games. Second, love G3. I love g She's the best college football in the nation, bar none. I am a crimson and cream glasses person. Uh, I was just basically looking at, period. She's the best in the nation as far as I'm concerned. I just wanted to call and let you know I support Grace Lines, support you, love OU softball, boomer um, singer.
0: Listen, Michael. I'm having fun with it. Don't get. I, I'm not trying well, I to be a know. jerk, but I know it's frustrating. Here, here's where I get frustrated about it. All right, For, here's my major frustration. This is the first Gold Glove that's given out in softball, and I understand. Again, you don't want to take anything away from anyone. That's that's. I don't, and I hate that in sports because. I see it in in debate radio and in debate TV. I see it, and it's very frustrating to me because someone can win something, and it doesn't mean – or, excuse me, um, a person cannot get an award, and it doesn't mean the person that got it sucked. So I want to make that very clear. But I feel like that if you went to ask anyone in softball who the best shortstop is in college softball, it's pretty universal. Now, there was a debate with Sis Bates for a while, so – I hope you know that I'm having fun. It's radio, it's not real yeah. life, and I appreciate yeah. you checking in.
3: Yeah. yeah. I, I got seven granddaughters. They all play softball. I hope one of them makes it up there someday.
0: So. I hear you, man. Well, uh, hopefully, right. how, what, what's your what's your oldest granddaughter, by the way?
3: She's 14, lives in Washington, by the way.
0: Well, okay. All right. Well, then she's got a good chance to end up being here. With how good. Some they are. common
3: ground. We That's
0: found right, the common ground. We found you. You knew where to go for the common ground with me. You bring up the I Washington did. Warriors. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate All right, man. it. Thanks. See you. I, I mean, how can I even be mad whenever you got to do that? That's not that is that nice. Yeah. <laughs> that
1: that does create a challenge.
0: I mean, during the break, Josh says, hey, Michael's on hold. I'm going to tell you what my response was. I was like, F him. What? Get to tweet me and tell me to calm down about G3 not winning a gold glove? And then I was like, you know what? You know, that's not me. That's not the person I am. That's not who I am at my core. Let's, let's get him on. And now I feel like a jerk. <laughs> And then he brought up that she goes to Washington because I was gonna if his daughter was like seven, like I ain't gonna be here. I'm gonna, I was gonna pull the Magic Johnson. I ain't gonna be here to call that. <laughs> I ain't gonna be here. <laughs> I ain't gonna be here to be a part of that. Thanks for the call, uh, Emily. Hit me up on Twitter. She writes, "I'm here for uh, Plank." Indignantly demanding, G3 and the Sooners defense get the flowers they deserve. This is the energy I need in my life today. Oh, don't worry. There's gonna be there's gonna be plenty of energy. This is a great day. This is a great day. It really, truly is. On On the heels of, of a tragic afternoon yesterday, today is going to be a great day, even regardless of the outcomes of the game. You know, I, I grew up not respecting female sports, probably like I should have at a young age. But then my sister started playing. And then I had nieces that played. And I have two daughters. Now, my daughters aren't into sports, but – You know, when they play, I want them to have the opportunities available to them. And today is watching us continue to stair-step these opportunities in women's sports. Some people don't like it. I mean, it's just face it. (laughs) There's some people that get angry about it. I've never understood that. But when you have people like Michael and you have people that constantly care about seeing these student athletes, these women get the shine that they deserve, I'm here for it. And today's a fun day. It's fun for Texas and UCLA. It's going to be fun for Northwestern and, and Oklahoma. You know, Laura Berg is the head coach at, at Oregon State. No one's played in more Olympics. No one's competed in more Olympics than Laura Berg. She won a national championship at Fresno State in 1998. And last night when she was doing her sessions with the media – She said this is one of the greatest feelings she's ever had in getting this team to this point. That's so awesome. All right, uh, DJ Gasso joins us next to give us a full preview of what to expect today right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, hour two of the Plank Show. We are live from USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium, and I am pumped to be joined by our next guest. He is one of the all-time greats in Norman North baseball history. He is also the hitting coach for the Utah Utes. And one of my guys, DJ Gasso, joins us on the show. Is this the first time you've been on the show with me, DJ? It's definitely the first
4: time, and I hope it's the last time you bring up like high school achievements there. <laughs> Hold on.
0: Hold on. <laughs> I could say standout Norman North baseball player, football player, star of college. No high
4: school. We're over that. We're over that. Thanks for having me on, though. I'm excited. You, Josh, yeah. uh, avid listeners, So even in Utah. So it's, it's cool Appreciate to be on here with you.
0: Hey, l- let me get a couple personal things here real quick. Uh, how's Grace doing as we approach one year of marriage for you two and the life of being the wife of a college coach who's constantly on the move? How you guys doing?
4: Yeah, no, it's good. I think it's always an adjustment, you know, knowing how to build the marriage and do all that but also be on the road. Um but it's adjustment that, you know, we're grinding through it together and it's great having her by my side through it all. But yeah, we're expecting in October. Um uh, one year anniversary is coming up on the 11th, so you know, it's been
0: great. Yeah, that was that's still wild to think about the crunch of last year. <laughs> How everything was playing out right up against your, uh, they your were, wedding day.
4: They were, have never went over that timeline before, and for some reason it happened last year. So, yeah, <laughs> didn't have the best of luck with that, but, you know, it all got done. Experience of a lifetime it's probably one we'll never forget, even though it was pretty rushed and hectic and everything. So Pretty chaotic.
0: But I'm off, yeah. and it was an awesome night. I was pumped to be there. Okay. Um, help me understand a couple of things in this Women's College World Series. And we'll we'll, we'll wrap up with Oklahoma because DJ was uh, a grad assistant for a couple of seasons, including the COVID-shortened season in 2020. But I'm, I, I, let, let's start with this early game. We get UCLA and Texas. Their first pitch is coming up in exactly one hour. You, um, you played UCLA a couple times this year. And it, it, this isn't that usual dominant UCLA team that's coming in, but they're, they're doing it a little bit differently, right? What's kind of stood out to you about the Bruins this season? I think one thing that they have different this year, is they
4: don't have Rachel Garcia, right? I mean, you're right. talking about one of the best college softball players ever, and losing her, you're obviously going to have a little hit. But um, I think Holly Azevedo, she's the number two for them. She's really stepped up big time and you know could be an ace on any team. Uh, she never really had that role before, and I think that's why you know you see their pitching staff do so well. It's really her and Megan Framo, and the thing about Framo is that she really hasn't had her opportunity at the World Series yet. You know, uh, last year she wasn't in it, 2019, I mean, that's kind of Rachel Garcia's, you know, that's when she won it, and they kind of were on Garcia's back that year, you know, so it's going to be really cool to see Framo really step up into the role that she's kind of been, you know, ready for for a long time now uh, in the World Series. So, we'll see how they do. I Obviously, they're hitting. I mean, pitching and defense is how they win games, you know. Their hitting isn't going to go out and score tw- 20 runs like an Oklahoma would, you know. But I think there will be a really good matchup against Dulsini. Because I think one thing about Dulcini too, is that they have faced UCLA, right? right? She was a Fresno State transfer in 2019. She went three innings. And two strikeouts, 2021. 20, you know, she didn't record an out and gave up four arms. So it will be a really cool matchup between those two. I think, you know, they're very even teams, and I think it's going to be a really good game. Hopefully it doesn't go into extras and <laughs> cause OU to go, you know, we'll, we'll start time a little further back
0: don't push us back but I this game has <laughs> this game has extra innings written all over it you mentioned Dolcini now her time in on the West Coast was before you got to Utah but I know you've watched her and as a as a hitting coach you've, you've studied her a bit and she gave us she gave Oklahoma fits in that Saturday game she's she's pretty dirty man she's a really impressive pitcher and she's got that she's got that bulldog mentality that I think you need this time of year I was I was really impressed with her.
4: Yeah, the thing about Dulcini is that she hasn't just been doing it this year. You know, if you look at her uh, numbers from Fresno State, she's been doing it for a long time, and she can spin it. She can spin it up, and that's something that I think UCLA might, you know, doesn't play to their strengths on the hitting perspective. So I think, you know, both pitchers from Framel, Dulcini, they're good matchups for uh, the opposing side, so it's going to be fun to watch those two go at it.
0: So, tonight, I've got a chance to call the two games on Westwood 1, and it's wild because in preparing for Florida and Oregon State, you know, I again, I'm following you guys like crazy, and I felt like that final series of the season – you know, Oregon State might not be here if if they don't win that series, and you guys are probably here if you do. And I'm not trying to rub any salt in the wounds. Thanks, Frank. I'm sorry, it. You know, my bad. I we were
2: over I, that. But
0: <laughs> I brought up high school start. <laughs> I brought up high school stardom, and I brought up Why the Oregon State series. To me,
1: man? Why are you doing, dude? Um,
0: but how are they here? What what is it that that they've done well that you've seen so far this year? I mean, listen. I get it that Hamedi is pretty impressive. Maison as a senior has been really good. You know, Laura Berg was one of the greatest players in the history of college softball. But, I mean, I just – every so often I find myself wondering, how are they here? What do they do well?
4: Here's the thing about Oregon State. Like, we were there for their senior day, and there was just one senior, and that's Maison. You know, it almost was like they said, hey – us to go to the postseason you got to take us there when we played her you know right. and she did i mean she was the pitcher and player of the week um in the Pac12 that week when we put, you know so she did it on both sides uh she's an amazing pitcher i think people are now starting to really understand how good she is but i mean she's been doing it for a while and her stuff is legit i think it could be you know when you compare her to some other pitchers here in the World Series She's one of the best, I think. You know, she's going to be uh, hitting 70 miles an hour, kind of like Jordy, you know, and she's going to go up, down, in, out. You know, her changeup isn't as good as her hard stuff, you know. She really uh, lives and dies off of her, um, you know, rise ball, screwball curve. But I think that she has the capability of beating any team. And with that being said, I mean, they're a young group they're kind of fun, they're energetic, they just get after it. And it's almost like they don't really, you know, care about the result. They're just out there to have fun. And I think that's helped them, especially throughout the postseason. You know, I know they always talk about the losing streak, but if you look at the teams that they played during a losing streak, I mean, that's what's tough about playing in the Pac-12 is, you know, you're going up against a UCLA, a Washington, you know, Stanford, Oregon. Like, you kind of – Arizona, Arizona State, like, they have really good teams three weekends in a row, and out of those ten games, they lost eight by one run, you know, so all those games are kind of, you know, you toss it up in the air, they could have won those games, you know, so I don't think that it's a team that, oh, they're bad, we're on a big losing streak, they're not going to be good, no, they're a really good team, I mean, they were on the bad end of the stick against some other really good teams, so... I think if Maison comes out and pitches the way that she's able to pitch, you know, move the ball through the zone in the thick air here in Oklahoma, I think she's going to have success against, you know, a Florida team who hasn't always been able to be the best hitting team. You know, they're kind of like the Texas where their defense, their pitching is going to, you know, make them win games. But Florida's hitting has been hot lately. You know, obviously going in Virginia Tech and be able to beat a quality team like that on the road, um, in run rule fashion on Sunday against one of the best pitchers in the country, you know that's a statement right there. And it's it's a postseason. T- Florida's a postseason team. That's their standard is getting to the World Series every year. You know, and they've created that over the years. So it's going to be really interesting to see how a young Oregon State team is going to do.
0: You know, in this environment. What was that one run stat that you just dropped on me from Oregon State? That's pretty impressive. They were on a ten game losing streak.
4: Eight of those. Uh, losses were one-run losses. Wow. So, That's I mean, they incredible. played Oregon, UCLA, Washington, um, and then Arizona. So they lost the Sunday against Arizona and then won, went on a nine-game losing streak. But eight of those were one-run games. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, all those games are really close. So
0: uh, Oh, yeah, hey, Josh, go ahead, man. We're hanging out with DJ Gasso talking about the Women's College World Series. What you got, Josh?
1: How do you break down just the the field itself as it stands for Oklahoma now? You mentioned what Florida was able to do to Virginia Tech. I think there's some Sooner fans out there that feel like, okay, with Florida State out of the picture, Virginia Tech out of the picture, and Arkansas out of the picture, that maybe if you're thinking about the repeat path for Oklahoma, that it's... Maybe not as daunting as we thought it would be coming into this thing. Obviously, it's always going to be tough at the Women's College World Series to win a national championship, but from that standpoint, how do you break down just the entirety of the field from Oklahoma's perspective?
4: Well, I'll, I'll definitely say this. They're probably on the wrong side Where <laughs> it to be maybe a tad easier, that's for sure. But, I mean, that's the thing about the World Series, that you are they're going to see elite arms wherever they go. And, you know, to be a national champion, you've got to be the best beat the best teams and that's what they have the opportunity to do you know northwestern is going to come out and be a very gritty aggressive relentless team with an ace that can beat anyone in the country you know uh ucla tech we know kind of what they're like i would say virginia tech forest state they did it all year you know and they have incredible talent incredible coaching staff but When it comes to postseason play, it's just different. You know, it's not the regular season. It's not early in the season. you got to be hot. you got to be firing in all cylinders. If your pitching's good but your defense and hitting isn't good, you're not going to beat, you know, quality teams. And um, I think all these teams, even though they might not be the highest ranked or this, that, uh, it, it says something about the sport. It says something about, you know, what's going into resources around the country. But it also says something about the teams and how they're playing right now. And I think they're playing really well. I think the teams that are here earned it. I don't think anyone was kind of like, hey, here it is. It's pretty easy. I think each and every team had to go out and earn their right to be here. And I think it's going to be, you know, tough like it always is if uh, any team's going to win a national championship this year.
0: DJ, um, real quick, one other breakdown from that bottom part of the bracket is the late game, Oklahoma State and Arizona. Uh, which, again, Arizona's a team at one point this season was, what, 0809 in conference play. And Oklahoma State had kind of a rough go at it too early in the season. I know they had a lot of preseason hype and didn't really live up to it early on, but I, I've kind of said this, on the bottom part of the bracket, I feel like you have the hottest team in Arizona versus maybe the best team in the bottom part of that bracket in Oklahoma State. I think that's going to be a heck of a matchup tonight.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny because we played both of these teams, right? So yeah. Oklahoma State, we played them first game of the season. Uh, we lost on a walk-off home run, and I forgot who hit it, honestly, but I try to <laughs> erase that a little bit from the memory. But, um, I mean, they're led by Kelly Maxwell, right? She can go out and pitch seven innings against anyone in the country. I mean, she's an elite arm that it's going to take a lot to beat her. And I think one thing about... OSU is that, you know, when they first kind of started coming into the World Series, I mean, Kenny's done a great job up there, you know, changed the program, changed their expectations, their standards, and their expectation now is to get to the World Series. Um, well, it, it was to get to the World Series, and now I think their mindset's changed a little bit to win the World Series, you know? I think it's one thing to get here. They've had experience, you know? They've been in the winner's bracket a couple times, and things haven't gone their way, And I think that they're coming, uh, you know, this year to say, hey, we want to go win the whole thing instead of, hey, we're just happy to be here. You know, we made it. We did it. Let's go see what we can do. I think they have a different perspective of it now, and I think they're going to be tough to beat. Um, Especially, you know, I think Busby, Naomi, if they're able to get hot, I think they're going to have success. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. My kind of little prediction was maybe – Bedlam matchup in the World Series final, you know, that would be pretty fun. But I think Arizona, on the other side, what Caitlin Lowe has done with them has been absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, shoot, they finished last place in our conference. You know, like, they were dead last, and they're able to make the World Series. Um, I think, you know, it's hard to beat a team that believes in themselves, and I think that's exactly what Arizona has right now. You know, they're led by Hannah Bowen and Devin Nett. They're kind of similar pitchers that are going to be able to spin it up, you know, have a little change up, have a curve screw. So they're working in and out of the zone with the strikeout pitch up in the zone. So they're kind of very similar, but they're just competitive. And, you know, they can hit too. You know, they got some hitters in that lineup that one swing of the game could be the difference. And and they have the capability to do that kind of, you know, one to six in their lineup. But right now Arizona's believing They believe in each other. They're playing for each other. And when it comes to postseason, you know, a team that believes in themselves, that's always a team that's hard to beat, and they're doing really good right now.
0: DJ,
1: it's a dangerous proposition talking for all Sooner fans, but I feel safe in saying that you are missed, you are appreciated by everybody here in Norman, and I think Oklahoma fans would agree unanimously that – the Gasso Empire, all parts of it. They'd like to keep in Norman as long as <laughs> as they'd want to be here. So, with that in mind, obviously, you, you've moved on over to Utah. Professionally, how has that been for you so far? And then the, the game against Oklahoma, coaching against your family. I know we're dipping back into the month of February, but what was that experience like for you?
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, especially in Utah, I've absolutely loved it out there. Uh, I've never – we actually played there and played utah in 2019 and 2020 um so i got to go out there a little bit and it's absolutely beautiful out there i mean don't say that a lot about a lot of places but when you look out and sunrise goes over the mountains and sunsets on the other side of the mountains i mean it's incredible um utah we've been getting better every year we haven't made postseason since 2017 but we got our first all american since 2017 and we were A bubble team so our expectations are changing instead of hey let's you know it's okay to kind of be all right and not really have a selection show like our expectation is to be in postseason this next season and that's what we're excited about but um especially like playing Oklahoma it was you know I've always wanted to be a coach since I was a young age I've grew up around the field um you know everything that only my mom my brother have done for me but especially My dad, I think he's the glue that, you know, holds everything together and is able to, you know, let the machine of Oklahoma run is because you have supportive family members and, you know, Andrea Gasso. like, it's those people that kind of make it, you know, special and and seeing all of them after the game, uh, something that we'll never forget, that's for sure, obviously. You know, we're a competitive bunch, so you want to win, and that kind of hurts a little bit, but at the end of the day, like, you know, the story and memory that we'll be able to have is something that will last us a long time. So it, it was really cool to have that opportunity.
0: Hey, and then and then we'll let you go on this because I'm sure a lot of people want to know your perspective on Oklahoma. Uh, no team early in the season had more success against the Sooners than your Utes did, and now you see them on the biggest stage. Uh, you, you coached Jocelyn. You were around uh, Lindsey Elam and uh, Taylor Snow and some of the vets on this team. What's kind of your plan for success for the Sooners here over the next couple of days?
4: Well, I will say anything, and a note for everyone out there, anything you say will and can be used as motivation for the Oklahoma Sooners (laughs) if Paddy Gassel gets a hold of it. So I will not say anything negative about playing them at all, but I will say um, when we played them, I think it was early in the season, Mary Nutter, it's the fifth game, early game, so I think we kind of caught them on a day where, you know, maybe they weren't at their best, I don't think that that is the same team that you're seeing right now. You know, I I think this team's ready for postseason. I think they know exactly what their goals are. And the thing about, you know, all those people that you named is that they're extremely competitive and they know what it takes to win. You know, I don't think regular season games, you know, even Big 12 championships are their goal. Not their goal. The national championship's the ultimate goal, and that's what they strive for, you know, and I think they have a great opportunity to make a run at it again. Um, you know, it will be great to see Nicole May, Cove Trotline, you know, in the circle this this week because it's going to be those two, I think, that's going to, you know, take them to the championship series. And, you know, I don't know how much Jordy Ball is going to throw. I know you were talking about that a little bit earlier, you know, but you can never really count on someone that's coming off an injury to throw all seven and, you know, right. lead the team and do that. But it's going to be fun. I mean, that's why you come to Oklahoma, right, it's to win national championships and have that opportunity. And that's what they have this week. And what they have, I think, over a lot of the field is that they have the experience. You know, you look at the Oregon State, the Arizona, you know, some of the Florida Northwestern. It's different when you go and play – a super regional in front of 3,000 fans, 4,000 fans. I mean, you're going to be playing in front of 10,000 Oklahoma fans, which, you know, there's nothing that you can simulate to, or pressure that you can simulate to perform in that. It's, it's different. And it's something that these kids probably have never experienced in their lives and maybe never will. Uh, it, it's, it's something that you can't get anywhere in the world um, for softball. You get, here, you get it here at the World Series, especially when Oklahoma's in it, right? So <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, you know, fun to watch. Uh, I think the field's going to be really competitive. I think the games are going to be close. But, you know, when the OU fans are behind the Sooners, it's, it's hard to beat them, uh, especially at the Hall of Fame. So it's going to be fun. But I think, I think OU's ready. Um, they're a complete team. And I think the only thing is, you know, they're going to face elite arms. And the, old, the good old saying is, you know, good pitching can be a good offense any day. Um, but the thing about OU is that they have elite pitchers, too, you know. Uh, and I think that they're going to be able to swing it. And the thing about OU is that they're able to make adjustments. They're able to make adjustments really fast, whether it's pitch by pitch, you know, hitter by hitter, inning by inning. I think what's going to be big for them is, you know, understanding how, Whatever pitcher is getting them out and making that adjustment, and I think whoever does that first is going to be successful uh, this week. And I think you know OU's trained and prepped. I mean, they train that all year, all fall. JT does an amazing job with them. You know, he's he's one of the. I mean, he is the best. So it's going to be really good to uh, to watch them perform at a high level this
0: week. Dude, that was so good. New name for Poppy Glue Guy Jim Gasso. Glue guy keeps it all together. <laughs>
4: guy.
0: Uh, DJ. I kept you way too long, man. This we we've got to do this more often. Enjoy yeah, yeah, the fun. enjoy the World Series. Give my best to Grace, and we'll talk to you again soon, man.
4: Yeah, Josh Plank. I appreciate you guys. i will be listening tomorrow and the
0: next day and the day after that. There you go. Give <laughs> <save> it up. <laughs> Thanks, DJ. Thanks, DJ. Yeah, I'll That's see awesome. you guys. Thanks for having me. See you, me buddy. On. That's great. How can we haven't done that sooner, Josh? What took me so long to get DJ on the show? Oh, I don't know. No. I mean, the, the, the
1: season might have been an obstacle, but before that.
0: So, so okay. So, here's, here's our rundown of Gastos that have been on the show. Well, you know, Poppy hasn't had his guest spot yet, right? Now, we can neither confirm nor deny that maybe he's been on the show before. But Coach has been on. JT's been on. DJ's been on. I don't know. I mean, is it like an hour guest host spot that we need sometime for Poppy? And then that leads down – I mean, Andrea's got to come on now, right? Sure. And then that would lead into Grace coming on at some point. Just make it all gassos all the time. All right, got to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the rest of the teams here in the Women's College World Series. Uh, I don't know if we'll do it as well as DJ just did, but that was awesome. It's the Plank Show. Sorry. Welcome back into the Plank Show. The uh, the legend Howard Demeroff just came into our booth. He is the uh, executive producer of Westwood one and uh, the dude that hired me for their games tonight. So let's go. I'm ready to roll. Yeah. You better shake some hands and say, thank you. Well, whenever you walked in, there was someone standing behind me and I there's so we've had a, I don't want to say it's been a battle, but there's been a couple of connectivity issues here this morning and we haven't, necessarily been as connected as quickly as we should have been if that makes any sense whatsoever and so it's been a little bit of a uh, it's been a little bit of a rotating door here in our usa softball hall of fame stadium studios um so i was a little bit shook when i saw someone behind me and it wasn't my internet guy but it was Howard, and that was awesome so i'm pumped about that Anyway, welcome back into the Plank Show on the Ref Sports Radio Network. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Our coverage of the Women's College World Series is brought to you by Cavens Construction. Uh, Cavens Construction, if you have had a fire, mold, or water emergency, call Cavens Remediation and Restoration. Today, 405-573-3048 or in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. All right, um... Let's, let's spend some time because we've got a little bit of a quick segment here. Let's spend some time on the top half of the bracket. Well, let me rephrase that, on the late games here tonight because I pulled a couple pieces of audio. So after Oklahoma and Northwestern square off here in, in three hours, how about that, <laughs> three hours from now, you'll have one of the Cinderella stories here in Oregon State taking on Florida. And you heard JT or <laughs> you heard DJ talk about Oregon State and their their standout pitcher Mason um, who also can rake by the way. She's one of two players with double digit home runs. She's hitting 366 on the season but also sports a 2.05 ERA and have 17 wins this season. Uh, Oregon State head coach Laura Berg talked about Maison. Maybe. Maybe. She
5: has – I'm just so happy for Mariah. You know, she has done such an incredible job for our program, you know, all uh, four and a half years. Um, We need to talk about the COVID year. But she just – we knew the talent that we were getting when we got her. And – I will say this to the day I die. Mariah Maison should have been on Team Mexico for the 2020 <laughs> Olympic Games. You know, um, she, that's how highly I think of her. She is um, an incredible two-way ball player that doesn't get enough um, recognition. It doesn't get enough publicity.
0: Um, and we should add, uh, Barry Trammell asked a great question yesterday. Um, Barry was here in 1998, and one of the, Big topics, of, and that's when Laura Berg won the national championship at Fresno State, and one of the big conversations has been about the growth of this place, and she talked about coming back to OKC.
5: Oh, my gosh, where do I even start? They had the berm when I played. Remember the grass berm? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I've been here several times since then with Team USA. Um, my junior team came here in 2017. Um, I played here in 2004, uh, 2005, a part of um, the World Cup Um, with Team USA, but um, what they've done to this facility is phenomenal. I mean, it's outside of the Olympic Games. This is the place to play. This is the place to be.
0: And then um, I brought up this quote earlier because it stayed with me. No one has played in more Olympic Games than Laura Berg, the Oregon State head coach. Uh, She's won four gold medals. She has a silver medal, too. She's won a national championship, but this moment ranks even higher
5: um this probably ranks at the top you know it's one thing to be able to do it as a player when you have the bat in your hand the glove on your hand the ball in your hand Um, but to be able to um, get a group of incredible young women um from 18 to 22 on the same page in the same boat rowing in the same direction um it's different and this is probably the the top the top on on my list
0: Uh, And then on the other side of it is Florida. Sooner baseball alum Tim Walton. And the job that he's done with, again, another Sooner alum and 94 national champion Eric Thomas is his longest tenured assistant. And this is a... This is a. This has been a roller coaster season.
6: Yeah, you know it's really hard when you when you start when you do this as long as I do. You start. You, everything is a comparison. You know, you compare to you know the goods, the bads, the, the a lot of different things. I think that one of the things that the, this team you know really Im- embodies uh, just the team word, the, the chemistry on the field, the chemistry in, in our work ethic, and the, just the constant um, you know ability to communicate with each other the right way, push each other, and, and lead not only by example but also lead. Um, with some encouraging and sometimes discouraging words, you know, and you got to be honest and accountable. And I think that this team embodies that. Um, it's really hard to, you know, to, you know, when you start looking at the players up here, you know, they're all so unique. You know, this is a this is a down year for 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 the Gators, and here we are in Oklahoma City. It's a down year for Charlotte Eccles. She's hitting 300 with 50 some RBIs, and you know, and 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 how the heck is that a down year for anything? And how's this a down? You know, the expectations that we have and that our fans have and, and people around the country have for the Gators is, is really high. And I think this team early on didn't embrace that. I think we, we struggled with that a little bit because of the, the expectations. And it's weird
0: because Florida Florida won back-to-back titles prior to Oklahoma winning back-to-back titles, but yet have kind of struggled to get back to that championship series point points, and in fact they're an underdog heading into this weekend I mean now they might not be an underdog based on their bracket and kind of how things played out for them but heading into this weekend it's odd to hear Florida talked about as an underdog so there's a quick snapshot of the early game let's get caught up get a break when we come back We'll hear from Kenny Gajewski in Arizona in advance of their game later this evening, and then we'll wrap up the hour with a little bit of UCLA and Texas because um, essentially we're going to be, lead- be leading you right into first pitch between the Cal- or, excuse me, the Longhorns and the UCLA Bruins, and we're going to be on the air for a majority of the early part of this game. So quick break. We'll come back, talk a little bit about o- Oklahoma State's matchup tonight against Arizona in what's going to be a long, fun and looks like cool day here in Oklahoma City as we count down to Oklahoma and Northwestern in game one for the Sooners of the Women's College World Series. This is the Plank Show with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Joey Helmer coming up at 11 a.m. from OUinsider.com on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Welcome back into the Plank Show. We're on the road in Oklahoma City in the Women's College World Series. Crowd starting to file in in anticipation of first pitch between UCLA in Texas, which is about 23 minutes away from now. In the meantime, before we get to a little OSU Arizona preview, let's get to Ross at 405 329 That's 405 329 What's up, Ross?
7: Hey, buddy. I can't wait to hear you today. It's going to be Thanks, exclusively man. you on the radio.
0: I appreciate and, that. Uh,
7: I, I just wanted to say one thing before I make a fact about Northwestern here. Uh, the last spot you had with, with uh, DJ Gasso was, is the reason why you guys are the greatest college radio station I've ever heard. You know, college sports uh, in this whole town and the history of it, going all the way back to the late 70s. So I just wanted to let you know that. Hey, Thanks, it's just dude. fantastic how you dig into it that deeply. Um, it's pretty awesome. Anyway, uh, hey, in Northwestern, uh, I just want to bring up something. They've given up 24 runs in six games. I'm sure you've gone over this. Uh We've given up three and five, and uh, their stud pitcher, their pitcher of the year in the Big Ten. That last game against Arizona State, I watched it. She gave six free passes.
0: Yeah, she walks and, a lot uh, of batters.
7: Yeah, and she hit, she plunked one and walked five. You do that against us, and it's run rule city. Um, but um, they played a series, Chris, in early May, and this is early May. This isn't February or March, and uh, against Minnesota. And they got run ruled twice, and the total in the three games was 17 to three, down to Minnesota. Wow! So this should be a run rule today, and I'm not being overconfident. And they've had the easiest route to a College World Series of any team I've ever seen. So uh, the McNeese States and Oakland's of the world, but I just, I just, uh, I think it's the run rule today, and I, I'm incredible. Fabulous idea of OU and OSU in the finals. I I can't even say it without giggling or laughing like a schoolgirl, which would be the greatest thing in the world for this state.
0: So be pretty cool. Anyway, buddy,
7: I'll be listening. Okay, uh, I love what you guys do on softball. It's just absolutely fantastic. See you later. Let's
0: see Ross. I uh, I've got a little bit of stuff on Danielle Williams. We'll share later on. Um, I, I again, she's she's good. Um, she's really good. But I, I just. She has. Oklahoma historically hasn't chased the pitch that she has success with. And she throws that change and she'll bounce it in there. And don't get me wrong, it's dirty. But, I mean, just this is way inside softball right now. But she doesn't typically fall for that. Now, what's interesting from Ross's perspective and real quick. Uh, got a couple things here to share on that Oklahoma State-Arizona game. That's what's fascinating to me, because Oklahoma State and Arizona might be the best team in that side of the bracket, and the hottest team in the country right now in Arizona. Kenny Gajewski yesterday was talked about building the Oklahoma State program.
8: The most appealing thing about this job was the history at OSU. And um, I remember taking my interview, and they kind of whisked me through the facility, and Um, I can remember saying, man, there's not much up in there about the history. There's not much up about what's gone on here. And so I just thought, man, we can do this. Like, We have it here. It's hard to create, um, but we just needed to kind of dust ours off. And so we came in from day one, and that's what we we, we did. We tried to um, educate our kids on the history, Sandy Fisher and... All the people that made this thing go. And um, we slowly bought in. Um, And by the season, um, we were really bought in. And, um, you know, first two years, we advanced to a regional final if game, um, which I think maybe shocked a few people. I don't know if it shocked us inside, but shocked a few people outside. Had a little rough year in our third year, obviously made it to Arkansas. I don't think I was my best self that whole year. Um, And then from that point on, we really have just gone up, 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 and um, it's really been cool to watch. It's been a journey that <clears throat> I, I wish I wish I had taken more, more notes. To be very honest, to just kind of go back and watch it and read about it from my own po- point of view. But um, it's a special place, and winning is something that all of our teams do. And so it's just we're just doing what our our our, our school does. We're just. Having a blast. We're doing it our way, and um, the results are there.
0: And one of the reasons why Oklahoma State is where they are is Kelly Maxwell.
5: Yeah, um, I just think inside, you know, I'm competitive. It doesn't uh, differ from me or Morgan. Um, I just think we both go out there and compete and give it our all. Um, Just not one to show it. I've never really been like that ever since a young age. Um, But it doesn't change, you know, what I'm doing in the circle and how I attack the hitters.
0: And uh, tonight they'll take on Arizona, who might be one of the hottest teams in the tournament. But it took them a while to come together under first-year coach Caitlin Lowe.
6: You know, it's funny. I, I was looking at our Instagram, and they were talking about how the team's been doing puzzles. And I just like sat in my room, and I was like, "We're a puzzle, and we're a bunch of puzzle pieces. And that's what we were at the beginning of the year. We were a bunch of really good puzzle pieces, and we saw it in the fall." Um, we just knew we had to put the pieces together, the pitching, the defense, and the hitting together. And I think for the last five games, you've seen all of it. You've seen us win games that we've shut really good teams out and been able to score the one run when it counted, and games when we've turned double plays to help us get momentum into offense. So I think that's been the key for us is, you know, we saw in practice what we could be and then being able to put it all together.
0: It's good stuff. It's good stuff as – Arizona tonight hosts Oklahoma State. Arizona is wild, man. They were a team at one point this season that was 0 for in conference play, not like 0-1, not like 0-2. They were 0-8 in conference play. And for the fifth time, um, they're back. Fifth time in a row, they're back. After losing back-to-back in four of six, they're back in the Women's College World Series. They're the only unseeded team to go undefeated, and they've gone to 35 straight ncaa tournaments all right quick break there is a look at the full field except for this morning matchup which again you're going to hear most of that in the background here today between ucla and texas so that'll be fun uh we'll keep you up to date on that game and countdown to ou and northwestern the plank show I, in fact i haven't touched the text line here in a bit so we'll hit the air comfort solutions text line when we come back he's josh helmer i'm chris plank this is the home of sooner fans Wow, man, it is go time, dude. They are announcing the starting lineups for the Texas-UCLA game. Joey Helmer will join us coming up in just a bit. Um, you heard what DJ said when he was on earlier about UCLA and their 1-2 pitching punch. Uh, we'll see Haley Dolcini today for Texas, and it's, i got to be honest with you. I was on with Gabe and Teddy on their podcast, the Oklahoma Breakdown. Go check it out. And uh, it was really cool whenever we were just kind of talking about Texas being here. And uh, I know that sounds crazy, but I brought up the Big 12 as a conference that only has seven schools that play softball. Seven of the ten teams. That's it. And not only to have three make the postseason, all three host a regional, Two of the three host a super regional, and all three end up here is wild. Um, it, it, it speaks to – well, first of all, it, it speaks to the incredible Im- implosion that uh, Arkansas had in their regional. It, it speaks to that. And also, it, it kind of speaks to the the job that they've done with Janae Jefferson, who might be the best player outside of Jocelyn Allo. Uh, well <laughs> – Might be the best non-Oklahoma player that's here this weekend in Janae Jefferson. She's fun to watch. So, you know, Josh, I've been very greedy on this show today. So, I've talked about the teams, the four that I think are going to move on to Saturday's winter bracket games. Who do you have moving on to Saturday?
1: Oh, you know. I'm pretty shocked. I am. I think uh, UCLA is winning this game versus Texas. I... uh, have respect for what Northwestern presents, but I, to be honest with you, I think it sets up for Oklahoma to win this first game convincingly, and then it's, it's going to be a real grind in that winner's bracket game, I think, versus UCLA. Number one, because I think they're really talented, and number two, they've got the ax to grind with you for the way this season started against Oklahoma. So I've got those two advancing there into the winner's bracket games. And then beyond that, I like Florida.
0: And I like Oklahoma State. You know, there's a really good chance that whoever loses that game tomorrow. Sorry, sorry. let me I, I, I get messed up now with the Saturday. Whoever loses the game on Saturday could end up. Oh, they're going to be the anthem here, Josh. You're going to have to take over. <laughs> I, I know we've only got a minute left, but. They're gonna do the anthem here. I completely forgot about. It. They were supposed to do it at 59, but they're doing the anthem now. So, you take it till the top of the hour as we get set for Texas and UCLA.
1: You got it. Yes, out of <laughs> respect for our our nation's uh, capital here yeah. and everybody, you pause during the anthem. <laughs> I I can just tell you before the top of the hour. Obviously, Plank is right there on site from Hall of Fame Stadium. Texas and UCLA just about to get underway, Northwestern and Oklahoma to follow. After that, first pitch is set for 1:30. 1:30 between Northwestern and Oklahoma. And all of our college world series updates it's sponsored by Caven's Construction. If you have had a fire, mold, or water emergency, call Cavens Remediation and Restoration today. In OKC, it's 405-573-3048. Or for our friends out in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. And also, if you need help replacing the roof, Cavens, they can help you out there, too. They've got the... Emergency repair, 24 hours a day. Give them a call, 405-573-3048 or 918-282-7612. That's it for our number two for us. It's underway, ladies and gents, Texas and UCLA. Great game to start here at the 2022 Women's College World Series. Of course, the winner here, we think the winner here, is uh, who Oklahoma will see next. That depended upon uh, the afternoon date versus Northwestern which I told you I think Oklahoma plays really well in their opener I like them to win this somewhat convincingly I'm not saying you know anywhere close to some of the run rule type fashion we've seen from Oklahoma over the course of this season but I, I do like Oklahoma to beat Northwestern by a couple of the runs and move on and We'll see. I think it's UCLA, but it all gets underway right now. Josh Helmer, Chris Plank, It's the Plank Show. We're back. Hour number three, Joey Helmer joins us next from OU Insider to break down all of this at the Women's College World Series.
0: We'll have softball going on during this hour. I'm good to go until noon, Josh. No panic. No more anthems. No more more surprises from here at USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium. Uh, there are there is a legend in the booth with us though. Jake Scroggins is up here, and Whitley Simmons too. By the way, recent college grad, available for hire. What's your Twitter handle, Whit? Like Whitley Lou. Someone hire Whitley. She's awesome. Um, in the meantime, you want to talk to Joey here, Josh? Oh, let's do just that. And
1: Joey Helmer, Big Bubba, from OU Insider. He is in the house. What's up, Joe?
9: Uh-oh. Oh, how's it going? There he is.
0: Joey, we're good, man. How are you? Are you uh, already out here today at the stadium, or are you coming out?
9: I am heading up momentarily. I, I will be up there momentarily. And, you know, this it's funny. I was kind of sitting around last night and, you know, doing some pregame work here. And I, a lot of people think of, you know, signing day they kind of say that that's like Christmas Eve and in some ways for me I feel like the night before the Women's College World Series is like Christmas Eve it's like I I was just sitting around last night just giddy with excitement (laughs) um, about today's game
0: yeah it's big time it's big time it's fun and I mean we're going to have at least an hour's worth of a game here before we wrap things up and hand it off to the steel man. You were front and center for all the pressers yesterday, and the Jordy Ball question got asked pretty quick. I mean, I've listen, I, I, I know that I've been wrong about so much this year, it's not even funny. But to me, if she's available, you pitch her. And we'll see how that plays out. But what was kind of the sense you got from being in that room yesterday?
9: Yeah, I mean, I think um, Patty Gasso would not have answered that question like that. Um, if we're not going to see Jordy Ball in this Women's College World Series. And I, I think that's, you know, it, it's there's a lot of storylines here. O- obviously, it's a huge emotional boost for Oklahoma. Uh, their, their pitching's just been fantastic so far in, in this postseason. And so there haven't really been concerns there. Um, I think going into the postseason, that was the number one area if we were going to, question if Oklahoma was going to go ahead and make this back-to-back championship. You look at the pitching and uh, the the offense had had a little bit of issue late in the season, but um, now you get that emotional boost. And I think you, you could just kind of collectively feel it from all the other teams. The other side of the token is like, oh my gosh, look at how much more lethal Oklahoma is now that, They have Jordy Ball back and potentially available here. So not only is it a huge emotional boost for Oklahoma, but it's a big time deflator for all these other teams here in the field.
0: I think, you know, either you brought it up with Tyler or uh, you, you talked about it at some point. You know, obviously we're very centered on Oklahoma, but you have to wonder with those who have been following this and the other teams that are scouting it, It had to be a worst-case scenario to see, you know, not only Oklahoma go undefeated and not really have to stress their bullpen, but Joey to see the way that Hope Troutwine and Nicole May threw. I mean, really, the only time there was any adversity was uh, a two-run homer that Hope Troutwine gave up against Texas A&M, and outside of that, that was it. They were they were just dominant against UCF and never even really pushed at any other point so far this postseason. It's got to be a worst-case scenario for got everyone involved right now
9: well, well and it's not as if that's not a UCF team that can't do some things offensively right. I mean they, they were able to stymie a, a good offensive team there in that series last weekend and I asked uh, Patty Gasso a question yesterday and I, I don't really think I phrased it right in the press conference but <laughs> So I have to correct myself a little bit, um, you know, publicly for people that are listening in. She's always talked about in the past about how difficult it is just to get to the Women's College World Series, right? And you can look at Oklahoma's games so far in this postseason and probably be like, well, gosh, it's been a really easy road for them. And I don't think that's the accurate takeaway here. I think Oklahoma has been so dominant against some decent teams. I mean, UCF is really, really good. And so now they get to this stage and can they, like they normally do just play freely, um, knowing that they're in the women's college world series, being that they've dominated so much to this point. So that's, Kind of what I was getting at with that little discussion, but yeah, I I just it's a long way of saying Oklahoma has to feel really, really good, and probably couldn't feel better about where they're at right now.
0: Hey, uh, one more quick thing on softball for me, then I want to get your thoughts on the uh, big recruiting weekend ahead. And obviously, uh, I spent some time last night around Caleb Kelly, Josh Norman, and Curtis Lofton, so I wanted to get a little soul mission talk with you. But are you are you surprised to see how the oklahoma city hosting conversation as its said again and maybe a and it hasn't been much but hearing some people kind of complaining about the home court or home field advantage for ou are you surprised at all that that's kind of popped back up it seems
9: to be a yearly discussion and it's quite frankly it's really kind of silly because i mean how far is texas really from here i mean. Uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are here, but it, look, you have to play your way to get here. Uh, I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Arkansas is another team that could have benefited from it. You, you know, it's not like they're uh, too far away from Oklahoma City. It, it's a location, obviously, it's the capital of uh, softball, and so it, it is what it is, I, I feel like. and People are always going to have their thoughts on that, but I – I just think it's overblown. I, I, I really do. And um, it's been great for the sport. Look at the attendance that has been at these events in Oklahoma City and the growing interest in the game. So um, I think, tend to think of it more from that perspective. And uh, it is always a conversation, though. It seems unavoidable.
0: Boy, i just watching. Janae Jefferson nearly ended up with a bit of an extra base hit there. Good play in center field by UCLA. We're underway. All right, um, Joey Helmer is our guest at OUinsider.com. Joey, give me some of your perspectives on this weekend. Um, how big is it on the recruiting side? I know that you're really focused on diamond sports, but over at OUinsider.com, we got Parker Thune coming up at the top of the hour uh, big weekend for recruiting, and I think for Sooner fans, they really want to start seeing a few commitments, right? That, that would probably ease some of the concerns more than anything.
9: Yes, absolutely. And I, I'm sure Parker will – I don't want to spill a thunder too much as far as if he wants to say some names of guys that are on campus and will be on campus. But um, I, I would be surprised if this weekend if there's uh, not some the movement in, in the way of commitments. So I think it's going to be a positive weekend, obviously a a huge recruiting weekend. And um, the staff has just continued to hit the ground running. And the the sole mission that I don't know if you're going to ask me about that a a little bit, but um, it's, you just feel, you can already feel the impact of that in so many ways with uh, the the players that are on the team. And um, also, I think they've, Talk to, and the recruits, uh, what they hear about the soul mission and what it does, how impactful it is for these players' lives, it's really making a difference. All of this, uh, Brett Venables and his staff are doing it the right way. And um, Again, I, I think you're going to start to see Oklahoma reap the benefits some this weekend with that.
1: I was looking at, I think it was Athlon Sports that had – oklahoma number 13 the other day in its preseason rankings which in the pantheon of preseason rankings that are the way too early rankings they don't matter i think that's the lowest i've seen oklahoma and anyways the the question i had sort of posed to john on our podcast was is that the floor for oklahoma in this upcoming football season If OU finishes number 13 in the AP, whichever poll you look at, it's going to be viewed, I think, by Sooner fans as a big-time disappointment. So what's your reaction to a preseason poll that doesn't matter but has Oklahoma number 13 heading into 2022 as a starting point?
9: Yeah, I try to shrug off a lot of them just because we're just speculating. There's so much we're talking about here that's unknown. And that's the case for most seasons. But for Oklahoma, I mean, there's an entirely new coaching staff for the most part. It, you have a ton of new players. You have a new a transfer quarterback. There, there's just so many pieces here that are hard to uh, think about how everything's going to come together. And, yeah, I mean, if that at the end of the day is where Oklahoma ends up, it, we we will be. Uh, viewing it as a bit of a disappointment but uh, i i am really really positive about the direction of this not only this team this year but this program moving forward and so um yeah i i I think oklahoma's going to have a really good season this fall i I really do i i know a lot of people uh, are liking baylor but i I just i I love their chances to win the big 12 i I think they're going to be a Favored in a ton, if not every single game this year. So, uh, we'll we'll see how it all shakes out. And I had to look at my calendar, you know, yesterday or the day before, and realize, oh gosh, now we're already into June, and we're we're uh, just a couple of months here from camp.
0: Hey, what do you expect this weekend? And and again, I I heard Steely asking Parker about this. But kind of the, the this champion barbecue mindset had always been like fancy cars, look what you can get if you come here. I, I don't – listen, I'm not going to say that it's completely – well, it is completely different because it's a whole other mindset, but how different is it going to be as far as the pitch this weekend, you think?
9: Well, I, I, it, it is going to be different, and that's something that we'll, we'll certainly be able to ask the, the recruits and – yeah. Uh, everyone surrounding and afterwards what, you know, for some of the guys that maybe have been here before or have heard things, what, what might've been different. And I just think there's, there's so much of a, I, I don't know if it's hundred percent, the right way to put it, but there's a blue collar mentality right now with this program. And I don't know if there was a blue collar mentality before uh, under Lincoln Riley. So I think everything you see, uh, what you see is what you get with Oklahoma, and there's so much uh, emphasis at the same time on uh, this family mindset and uh, growing the culture and uh, all the relational things that come. So that, to me, is where the change is kind of institutionally um, in those things kind of manifest themselves over time. So you'll, I think you'll hear some about that this weekend.
0: By the way, uh, Texas put runners at second and third in the top of the first inning, but uh, get a strikeout in to the top half of the first. So UCLA coming to back uh, in a scoreless game. All right, before we let you get out of here, obviously when we come back on Monday the with with the way the brackets are set up now, you know, that's kind of become the Sunday <laughs> from where things were before because you might have to end up playing a couple of games before that Tuesday off. But how do you see this day playing out in the Women's College World Series? Who do you expect the four teams to move on in Saturday's winner's bracket?
9: i tell you what, I like that top of the first inning. It makes me feel a little bit better because I picked UCLA today and I've got Oklahoma and I have Oklahoma State and Florida. Two flip teams, as we always know, the bracket flips for the loser yeah. of those winner's bracket games. And um, I, I have Florida beating Oklahoma State. Now, I know Bedlam is a popular pick, but Florida's really hot right now. They've been a different team since Hannah Adams' return from her. Uh, I think it was like a three-week absence for her. Um, and they they played at a different level in this postseason. They're rolling. So, um, I'd like Florida to go to the championship and – Uh, I I think we're going to get bedlam, but it's going to be for Oklahoma to knock Oklahoma State out in the semis. So um, Oklahoma and Florida in the championship, and I'm sticking with number one. Oklahoma's going to take this thing down.
0: Joey, have a good weekend, man. Appreciate you. Talk to you again next Thursday, and I'll see you out here.
9: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: Joey Helmer, OU Insider. That's OUInsider.com. Um, even though it is just 11:17 a.m., not many empty seats here. Uh, the outfield stadium bleachers are packed. Uh, the lower bowl is pretty packed. Only a few empty seats here in the in the upper level. It's it's big time. And Haley Dolcini's headed to the circle to face on what has not necessarily been a power laden UCLA offense this year, but uh, they perform better as of late. So this should be fun. We're in the midst of Game 1 of the Women's College World Series, counting down to a 115 pregame show, 131st pitch for Oklahoma and Northwestern. We'll take a timeout. The Plank Show is on the road at USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium. And our coverage of the Women's College World Series is brought to you by Caven's Construction, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. What an action-packed first inning between UCLA and Texas as, wow, um, Texas put a runner on base and actually had runners hit second and third with two outs and couldn't get a two-out hit. And then UCLA, I mean, foolishly sends a runner and gets gunned down at the plate. So uh, UCLA strands a runner, Texas strands two. Each team gets a runner in scoring position here in the first, and we're scoreless headed towards the second inning. And, Josh, the relay throw is what caught your eye.
1: Yeah, that was a, a rope from out there, a cannon. Great throw to the plate. Actually, really nicely done by the catcher, too. It, as good of a throw and relay as it was, it was not on the right side of the plate, so you had to wheel around to tag them out. And
0: looks like the Horns have averted some early danger. Both teams did. Both teams did. It's pretty impressive. All right, so um, dumb question because – it's funny, we're putting, I was putting together the top five stories of the day, which can kind of merge into the news according to Josh after the bottom of the hour. Were you in on the golf last night? You know,
1: I wasn't. Uh, I thought I was going to be, but no, I, I wasn't watching Arizona. Uh, oh, you're not talking Arizona State and Texas. Yeah, I no, did no, watch no. a little bit the, of the, match. the Mahomes thing. Yeah, Mahomes I watched thing. a little bit of it. I didn't watch a ton of it, and I probably tuned in a little bit too late. I was working on some other stuff, and then at the end was like, oh yeah, I kind of want to flip this on. It was okay, you know. I, for what it is, uh, made for TV celebrities, NFL quarterbacks playing golf for charity event. You know, I, I thought it was good. I, the parts I watched I, I thought was entertaining.
0: I didn't watch a second of it, and I saw zero social media buzz about it. And for when you think about last year's – now, obviously, last year's was a big event because it was the first time that, like, Aaron Rodgers had done anything in a while. Um, all I saw was Josh Allen say that he was trash yesterday. So was he really bad or something? Or <laughs> Because literally – I had completely forgot that it was on until it was it was too late to even catch anything.
1: Yeah, you you didn't miss out on a whole heck of a lot.
0: (laughs) Meanwhile, you have several Browns. I guess every single Browns player has a podcast, is what I'm, or at least has been a guest on a podcast somewhere. Miles Garrett yesterday um, was asked about Deshaun Watson, and kind of it's funny because at what point does it become your business whenever he's on your team? But here's what, here's what Miles Garrett said. You
10: no, know, that's, that's all him. And, you know, whether I see it in the media, whether it's it's pressed by y'all, you know, I try to keep my nose out of it. I don't try to put my eyes on it. You know, the only thing that matters to me is if he's playing every game or if he's not and, and how we can overcome that. And what we need to do is to step as a defense if he isn't.
0: And here's what, uh, so obviously the Baker Mayfield question comes up.
10: I've had like, st- 80% of my team turnover in, in six years. You know, people come and go, and you know it's just one of those changes. Now I hope the best for him, and I hope he moves on and you know he does well for himself. I'll never wish ill on on anyone who I you know went up against or played with, but uh, no, he's going to land on his feet. Uh, I think Bro said that as well. With you know he's he's played well uh, when he's healthy, and I think he you know when he's healthy he can he can do you know, some pretty good things for a team. You know, he you just have to find his niche again. I think he has to prove himself. He has to get healthy. And uh, I think it worked out for for both teams.
0: And then to circle back, interesting question. And I think I, I, this was a media setting for him. This actually wasn't a, a podcast. I was thinking of the what the the two receivers and the defensive back did the podcast the other day. Here's um, here's what. Uh, Here's what Miles Garrett said when asked about Deshaun Watson's character. I think a lot of people here were conflicted over hearing, you know, some of the accounts of what what went on down in allegedly what happened down in Texas. Um, Doesn't character stand for something, though?
10: It does, but I don't know what happened. You don't know what happened. No one in this room really knows what happened other than the people that were involved. And I can't move one way or another, you know, based on hearsay. So I have to just move with the, the character and the man that I know from day to day. And... Uh, it's a good guy from from what I've seen, from what I, what I played against, and what I've seen in the building. You know, it's not every day that you know you, you grab you know your whole office and take him to the Bahamas. You know, you treat him, and you know you're respectful to the coaches. You know, from from what I've seen, he's 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 walked the right way, and you no know, whether he's had a slip up or slip up or not. You know, I'm not. I'm not the judge. I'm not the jury or the executioner. So I'm, I know I'm here to play a game. And you know whether we agree or disagree with you know, who he is off the field. You no, know, that's yet to be seen. But you know as far as the guy I know on the field, he's special.
0: So what? What's the? What is the proper way to address that, Josh? Because as that a was, teammate, that was well that's done. That's pretty good, I think. right? Um, the issue isn't necessarily with guys that that play. The issue is with the front office and the owner that made this decision, right? And even with more and more evidence coming out, even with more and more reports surfacing, and now what? You had a 23rd case, a 24th is coming. It's just, it's very, what's the term I'm looking for? Someone's got to say something at some point, right, beyond just attorneys. I mean, at some point, someone from the Browns has to say something beyond we're letting this, Uh, the legal system play out because you had your press conference, you introduced him, you did all the hugs and kisses and everything. The owner wasn't even there. They had to do a separate press conference. And I know, listen, we're we're only talking about this because it has affected Baker Mayfield, but it becomes the biggest story in the NFL because you're in a 15-month investigation, and, Josh, they haven't even made a single move yet. And really, will they? Right. And when I say they... I don't just mean the Browns. I mean more specifically the National Football League.
1: In terms of uh suspension right. and punishment.
0: Yeah. Wait, you you think there's a chance he might not get suspended? Yeah, don't you? Really? I mean he hasn't yet. <sighs> that's a that's a great that's a great question. Oh man, if they don't suspend him, will there finally be outrage? If they if if they don't suspend him, what a great move by Cleveland, <laughs> right? Um, but they have to. They can't be time served because he was paid all year last year. Oof! In the court of public opinion,
1: the National Football League is going to get crushed. But the idea that they absolutely have to, unless a charge sticks, I, I'm not sold mm. that they do.
0: Mm all right um we owe you the top five stories of the day we'll do a dance mix combo with the news according to josh coming up next it's the ref we are on the road of the women's college world series they're headed to the bottom of the second texas and ucla are scoreless right here on the home of center fans all right the plank show rolls on for the women's college world series kind of a a quick run through the top stories of the day where UCLA and Texas are scoreless. They're in the bottom of the second inning. Um, each team ha- each team has a couple of hits. UCLA got dinged with an air? I don't remember seeing that. Um, but we're scoreless. And, of course, Oklahoma and Northwestern coming up at 1.30 today. Of course, that's big story number one. Yesterday, Patty Gasso talked about just getting this team ready for the postseason and how – you want to be playing your best ball this time yeah, of year. Yeah, our
2: program has always been trending at the right time. I don't know the secret sauce for that. I, I, if I did, I'd be. I wouldn't be coach. I'd be selling it and probably be very successful, <laughs> living life in an island somewhere. Um, I, I just think that um, it's the journey and the build-up, and the fight and the battle together for this team to be on the biggest stage is what they dream of because this is where they know they can be their best. They can't, we can't get away with being mediocre this week. We can't, we've got to be at our best. And I think that excites them. It's very enticing for them to get pushed, to see how good we can be. So in our program, we've had a history of really starting to tick upward And I think a lot of it is just the competition and the excitement, and now it really has a trophy attached to it or a different meaning that will stay in the history of your program forever.
0: Uh, And then, of course, the question that everyone's been asking and everyone's been talking about for, I don't know, the better part of the last three or four weeks, the Jordy Ball question. Kind of keep it. Oh, hold on. Uh, Will she be on a pitch count, and how do you reintegrate her back into
9: what you're doing with that pitching staff?
2: I will just kind of keep it pretty self-explanatory. She, you're going to see her pitch this week. How much we're still working. It's kind of like going into a laboratory and knowing like exactly what you can and can't do, the timing of it, how many pitches. Um, we're still kind of putting all of that together, but um, we have done followed doctor's orders. We have done everything um, we were supposed to do, including talking with Jordy, talking with doctors, communicating with her parents to make sure this is the right thing to do. And um, she is not in enough severe pain that if she was, this wouldn't even be an option, but we have done everything right. And that has allowed her to have this opportunity
0: now. Don't you know? Like I said, I said earlier in the show, if she if she can go, she goes. But I don't think you see her start. I've done a bit of a one eighty on that. I, again, nothing would surprise me. Sometimes you'll hear, oh, it's going to be two. Oh, there's two outs. Never mind. Inning over. Bottom of the second inning goes without a without a sound from UCLA. We'll head to the third. Scoreless between UCLA and Texas. But you have to remember, and I think I fall into this trap sometimes too. She hasn't pitched since the Oklahoma State series. Not the Oklahoma State game in the Big 12 tournament, but the Friday of the Oklahoma State series. And actually, I think it was the Thursday uh, of the Oklahoma State series. So it's been a minute since you've seen her. It's gonna take a little bit of time, Josh, but for Sooner fans, it's gotta be kind of exciting to know that you are gonna see her in some way, shape, or form. Heck yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it could could
1: be the biggest news for Oklahoma in this tournament. We'll see. It's just kind of remains to be seen at this juncture uh, what type of version we're going to see of Geordie Ball. My guess is, my hunch, we're going to see pretty pretty dang close to what we expect from Geordie Ball. All
0: right, so um, there's a little bit on OU and Northwestern. Like I said, I sat down with uh, Daniel yesterday and, I mean, Daniel Williams – in the postseason, I'm just including the regionals and the super regionals, she's thrown 39 in a third innings uh, and 681 pitches. That's in the span of six games. Now, don't get me wrong, they had a very cake regional, thanks to Notre Dame wet in the bed and McNeese State suddenly being able to beat Notre Dame. Um, and run-ruled, I think, all three of their games, uh, two of their three games in their super regional. But Arizona State pushed them lot of pitches on Danielle Williams. It'll be interesting to see how she bounces back here tonight. All right, uh, any anything on the NBA Finals? Game one tonight, anything got you juiced? Yeah, the, this matchup in general I, I think is really
1: a good one. It's a great NBA Finals. I think there's some compelling, compelling storylines to it. Boston, a franchise that, of course, this side of Los Angeles is the richest in NBA history, but – This group doesn't fit the mold of a lot of Boston Celtics championship teams. They haven't won. They haven't been on the stage in a long time. Jason Tatum and Brown, those two uh, obviously young, young superstars in this league and a World Championship for them completely alters their career arcs if they can get that, especially against a proven champion, a dynastic champion in the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. If, it, if they break through against a franchise like that, it, it only adds cachet to what Boston, what they've been able to do throughout this postseason run and the types of teams that they've been through. For Golden State, I told you the other day, it, it doesn't – It doesn't super alter how we view, I think, long-term Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Steve Kerr, Draymond Green, this group, this collection for Golden State. But it would be a nice reminder, and it would be one more notch on the championship belt of uh, Golden State in this era that they've been a part of, how they're remembered in the pantheon of the Chicago Bulls, the Lakers, the Celtics, whichever group of dynastic NBA champions you want to pick from, They're already, to me, past the the bad boys, Pistons, and, you know, teams like that, but it it would put them one step further in in that rarefied air, and for Steph Curry, I don't think that it's super, super game-changing for him to win a Finals MVP, but I'm sure in his own heart of hearts and mind of minds, he'd love... To, to lock down a finals MVP, right? Just to not yep. have to hear about it anymore.
0: By the way, speaking of Steph Curry, he did twist the knife a little bit more for New York Knicks fans the other day. Maybe. Maybe. Steph Curry! Where where are you, Steph? Oh, I guess it helps if, if I if I turn up the actual thing that he's on here. All right, let's try it again. For some reason, my new audio cable is not liking me. Is it more of the question of who looking uh, Okay, maybe not. Maybe there'll be no Steph Curry. Basically, he said that he expected to go to the Knicks on draft night. And I don't know if there can be a potential bigger kind of gut punch for uh, New York Knicks fans than to hear that Steph Curry thought that he was on his way to New York on draft night. Oh, this is angry. This is the same thing everything did the other day with uh, uh, whenever Connor was in. Suddenly, nothing started working as far as audio is concerned. But, yeah, Steph Curry twisting that knife a little bit more for uh, New York Knicks fans. All right, real quick, one thing that I did have in the top five that I guess we probably need to get to at some point is, ooh, Texas. Texas is going to score the first run of the game. Texas is up one zip on a throwing error after Janae Jefferson. Was that a slap or a bunt? Bunt laid down a bunt, and with a runner at second base, ball was thrown into right field. How
1: about that? I'm feeling very much like Chris Plank right now with Arnie Spanier because you are clearly ahead of the TV broadcast. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so, apologies for that. But, yeah, they uh, Texas gets a leadoff single. I didn't catch who it was. Stole second base. And then Jefferson lays down a bunt. And uh, UCLA throws it into right field. And – uh, Inoy Perez is arguing with the home plate umpire about something, but man, you get an early run like that on the board, that's a pretty big deal right now for Texas to jump on top one zip in this game. That's big time. So kudos to uh, Mike White for creating a little havoc here for the Texas Longhorns in the Top of the third inning. Put so it in play.
1: Two. Good things happen. Thrown to the wrong side of the bag. Wh- and just like that, one nothing horns.
0: Are they going to review whether or not she was in the baseline here? Uh, I mean, I don't
1: see anything that, well, I guess from in the box.
0: Yeah, I, I, if she was running. Now, we had this controversy during the Oklahoma UCF game the other day. And if she's running in the field of play – Then obviously that could be considered an issue, but they're looking at it right now. We haven't—I haven't seen a replay yet, Josh. Our—it's funny, it's happening right in front of us, but the feed is very, very much behind everything that's currently taking place. So, oh, do you know what just magically started? Steph Curry. (sighs) I hate right on cue. All right, well, we figured this out. Here was that Steph Curry audio from a moment ago. What did
11: I think about the organization? I didn't think much about it. Just I was growing up in the East Coast. I, I watched games, but uh, all I knew oh. was really the We Believe team and oh. Baron Davis dunk and them beating Dallas. That was the top of mind. I knew about Run-T-M-C, but didn't really understand the history as much. Um, so when I got drafted, I, was, I thought I was going to New York and didn't really have Golden State on the radar at all. Um, and then there was a lot of drama that my rookie year with the potential phoenix trade at draft night and uh me and monte as a small backcourt can we play together and obviously what his answer was at the time uh so there's a lot going on in that in that sense um but to see the evolution from that year to now and the fact that uh Six out of the last eight years, we've been in the finals. Like, it's crazy to think about for sure. It speaks to all the different people that have had a part in that. Myself, Draymond, Clay, Andre, uh, all the all the vets that have that have you know played significant roles for us. Our front office, Joe and Peter. Like, it's been all it's been an amazing run. We obviously feel like we still have a lot left in the tanks while we're here. So. Uh, I don't want to depress myself with the history of the organization right now, so I'm going to think about the bright, the bright, the bright moments. So I appreciate it.
0: All right. So what are they saying, Josh? That that was a little bit more boring than I thought it was. Sorry. I thought there was a little bit more juice to that than there was. I
1: love how he didn't mention Kevin Durant. Mysteriously, yeah, his name didn't pop up, even though he was uh, clearly a huge part of multiples of those finals runs. I I don't have the audio for the broadcast on, so I don't know what they're saying, but what do you think from the the replay? I mean, it looks like...
0: looks like she stepped in the baseline.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks like she's inside the baseline. Um, I think they're going to rule her out.
0: Well, they're they're taking a really long, hard look at it. I will say kudos to ESPN, who has hired a rules analyst this year to help him out with things. But... They've got out the. I think they're going to call her out. Yeah, I do too. And and you know what? I, I think it might. I think it's the right call. Um, obstruction is a defensive play. This would be interference on Janae Jefferson. And so basically, what they'll do is they're. Let's see what they're going to. They're going to. Oh, they're bringing Mike White together, and they're bringing Kelly and Oy Perez, out of the UCLA dugout. Ooh, what a moment here early on. Sorry, Clay, we're done with NBA – sorry, Steph, we're done with NBA Finals talk. So they have brought – you know what I've seen is usually whenever they – oh, and Kelly Inouye Perez is the one who gives the out signal. How about that? So they're going to call Janae Jefferson out, and Enoy Perez is the one who actually pointed and gave the out sign, Josh. Wait till you see this. The umpire pulls her together. It right, pulls uh, Mike White and Coach Perez together. And when they're done, she points out towards second base and look, look. <laughs> I, we still haven't seen it. Oh, you on still the haven't TV seen side. it yet? Yeah. So they ruled her out, and so we're scoreless, still in the top of this third inning, and uh, Texas now is one away. Jefferson is ruled out right, for running inside the baseline. Watch her. Watch her after that press con or that uh, conference.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) What a move. What a move. All right. um, Yeah, how do you feel about that? I mean, pointing, it's – I don't know. That's –
0: it's. I don't think the, that's a very good look. That's not a good look. Quite the uh, interesting moment. You let the umpires do their job. You, they bring you together, and they're and you're going to be the one that points and calls someone out. Get out of here. Yeah, that 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 was. What I, a garbage move.
1: Yeah, that, that wasn't very classy.
0: <laughs> um. All right. Listen. So that took us a little bit long here. Let's take our final timeout. Come back, and we'll see if there's anything else that Josh wants to add to the top stories of the day as we wrap up this edition of the Plank Show. We're live from USA Softball. Hall of Fame Stadium. It's the Women's College World Series. Uh, 1.30 for the first pitch between Oklahoma and Northwestern. This is the ref. Well, a lot has happened in this game since we went to commercial break. Karma! <laughs> so we went, uh, we went to a break with Texas having had a run taken off the board on a Janae Jefferson interference call when she was dinged for – I guess running outside of the baseline and into the throw. Literally, as soon as we went to break, Texas gets a shot deep to center field that hits off the top of the wall. So the runner who had originally scored that was sent back to second base ends up scoring. They get a base hit that scores a run, and then Mary Iacopo just planted one down the left field line, and I mean, that was a shot. That was... Like Jana Johns' shot last year in the Women's College World Series, an absolute bomb, and it's 4-0 Texas right now over UCLA in the top of the third inning. I got to admit, Josh, I'm uh, I'm a little bit surprised by that early on.
1: Yeah, the offensive explosion, particularly for Texas. I mean, the Longhorns winning this the way that they've been playing I don't think was going to be a massive, massive shocker. In some ways you could argue that Texas had underachieved throughout the course of the season. And now all of a sudden postseason they've, they've put things together a little bit, but for them to be up early four to nothing is after getting the first run
0: yanked off the board. Yeah. Yeah. It's a surprise. Yeah. This is massive. And, you know, again, where has UCLA struggled this year? What did we talk about earlier in the show? They've struggled scoring runs. And uh, you fall behind four zip already? Um, you're putting yourself in a big-time danger zone here early on. Uh, we got to go. That's it for this show. A um, couple of reminders. We will be back tomorrow with a complete recap of everything, though. It will be from the friendly confines of the Brown O'Haver Studios. So um, we'll be back on a Friday. And you can join me coming up at one fifteen on the Sooner Radio Network. We'll be on the air. 1.15, 1.30, first pitch. We'll hear from Patty Gasso. If this game runs a little bit long, then we'll have the extended pregame show with myself and DJ Sanchez. So uh, there's a lot to get to. Don't don't know if, if – you know, again, I'm not going to try to project anything when it comes to Jocelyn – or excuse me, uh, Jordy Ball pitching or not at some point today. But Coach Gasso did say that she was available. And that is a a nice little added extra feather to have in your cap heading into what you hope is a pretty quick five-game weekend, right? You win here today, you get today off tomorrow, you win on Saturday, you get Sunday off, and then you win a game on Monday. And you move on to the championship series, which would start on Wednesday. That's a hope. But you got to take that first step today against Northwestern, whom I think someone on the phones brought it up earlier. Not the most challenging path that we've ever seen any team have to take towards the women's college world series. They uh, outscored Oakland and McNeese State 36 to 7 in the three games in their regional. Uh, and then needed extra innings to win uh, to win their first game in the regional, lost in extra innings in the Super Regional, and then had to rally from a five-zip hole to beat Arizona State in the third game of the regional. So it'll be a good challenge. We got you on the Sooner Radio Network coming up in about an hour from now. Meanwhile, Steely and Thune at noon are next right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll see you back here on a Friday.